Welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 388 and our first podcast in February of 2023. There is easily no more Happy New Year's. I want to thank everybody for the support in January. We had some really football-centric podcasts, and that is going to continue for the next couple of weeks. Next week on the podcast, the Hall of Famer, James Lofton, from the NFL on CBS, as it's Super Bowl week, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, and we'll talk more about that as well. We'll also give you the early odds on the actual game itself with the head odds maker at BovadaSportsBook.com, Patrick Morrow, in just a little bit. Today on the podcast, I have somebody who I've wanted to have on pretty much since I started. I find his story to be inspiring. He is somebody who I always wanted to make sure was the genuine article. And oh my goodness, after meeting him, he is. Eric Legrand played defensive tackle for Rutgers under head coach Greg Schiano. It was his junior season, halfway through the campaign, on October 16, 2010, in a game against the Black Knights of Army at MetLife Stadium. He suffered an injury in the fourth quarter during a collision with Army's kick returner, Malcolm Brown. His football career immediately ended, and it was a life-threatening injury. It was a spinal cord injury. It was on a kickoff play. He was unable to move anything but his head and unable to breathe. He was put on a respirator, which was thought to be the way he would continue breathing for the rest of his life. But that is far from the case. Slowly, Legrand regained movement in his shoulders and sensation throughout his body. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were coached by his Rutgers head coach, Greg Schiano, symbolically signed him on May 2nd, 2012, and he has that Tampa Bay jersey hanging in his house. He's now a broadcaster for the Rutgers radio network, has a charitable foundation, and is now an entrepreneur. In 2020, he built a coffee shop called Le Grand Coffee House in Woodbridge, New Jersey, and recently partnered with the New Jersey Devils in their Buy Black program. This season, on the Devil's Road uniform, they have a logo for LeGrand Coffee House on their helmets. Ever since I saw that logo, it rekindled my desire to have Eric on the podcast. He has a new whiskey coming out, and he's working on it with his business partner, who happens to be somebody I went to elementary school with, let alone high school. And an amazing partnership with the New Jersey Devils uh, led to our introduction. And now we're fast friends. And now he's going to be a regular. He's going to come on on once a month. We're going to break down sports with each other. Uh, Eric Legrand is with us. Eric, thank you so much for doing this podcast. Uh, Your time is valuable. I do appreciate it. You know what? I usually start the podcast with how are you? That's unique for you. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm a busy man these days which i love you know i'd say do it while i'm young but i'm i'm healthy i'm strong i'm blessed and yeah i'm just living life to the fullest every day seth how are you (laughs) i'm wonderful and uh you know when i when i found out you were coming on the podcast uh, i asked around we have a a mutual friend in chris carlin and uh chris for uh, the listeners uh and and for eric because he's a new subscriber to the podcast uh, Chris Carlin was episode 232. Uh, so it was right after he uh, uh, launched his uh, ESPN gig. Uh, we had him on the podcast. And this is, uh, you know, that was over 150 episodes ago. Um, but what he said is that you're an open book. He said, 
ask him anything. He loves to talk. He loves to tell his story. He wants to inspire with a with his story. And so when I ask that, what I what I really am curious about is how comfortable are you? How in your routine are you? How much do you have uh you know, in the beginning, it must have been a much bigger struggle, for example, than it is now. Or is it the same struggle? How are you? You know, it, it's it's funny. As the years go by, and this is because, my, like you said, my normal routine, two and a half hours to get it ready in the morning. Do I enjoy it? No, but it's a part of my life. And I think people understand that now. Like, I can't get up and get ready for my day like you can get up and get ready for your day. And people respect that and their request and things I need to do with my life. Or if it's starting, you know, my business day out at like 10.30 a.m. instead of 7.30 a.m. because I'm going to my routine with my nurses of getting me showered, getting me dressed, going to the bathroom, back in my bed to get, you know, get my clothes on into my wheelchair. It's a whole process, but um, it's just something I have to deal with every day for now. And you said that you enjoy it. This is not something that's a chore. It's, you know, you sound like the actor who, you know, it takes him, you know, seven, seven hours to get into makeup, uh, but you're not getting into makeup. You're getting into your routine. Um, what do you enjoy about it? I mean, I guess that it's just what I enjoy is I would say it's my time to think time to, th- you know, I really, while I'm getting ready, I have a time to just think about my day, think about what I need to do, how I need to approach a certain situation, whether if it's a, my coffee shop, or if it's a speaking engagement or a call with my foundation, it kind of gets me in the right frame of mind where once I get finished up, like I've already had a few hours to think about what's about to happen. Mm, You kind of get a head start on on everybody else. Um, I want to ask you about all those things. Um, But when you were coming out of the, you know, I've, I've read a lot of articles and I've said when you first got hurt, you were in a funk, but you seem to have reinvented yourself. You are this noted entrepreneur. You are a broadcaster now. You're stealing our gigs. You know, the, you're 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 out there. Your your name is out there. Your brand is out there. Um, was that something that you always were attracted to? Did you have that kind of vision? My vision was always to go to the NFL, retire, become a sports broadcaster. That is something I always wanted to do: become a broadcaster. Watching Chris Berman and Tom Jackson on ESPN as a kid growing up, uh-huh. you know that was that was that was my thing. I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I wanted to really get into that field. And hopefully, it was after a long NFL career. Obviously, as my injury happened, and things flipped and turned upside down. I knew I wasn't going to be playing football anymore, but I still wanted to try the broadcasting thing out. And I'll never forget my first time getting on the radio. <laughs> or at Rucker, Rutgers football spring game in uh, 2012. Uh-huh. And I remember just jumping out with Chris Carlin and Ray Lucas yeah. and get on there. And I start talking in football terminology like I was still in the Rutgers football locker room and in the uh-huh. meeting rooms. And Chris looks at me and he goes, hey, I don't know what the hell you're saying right now. Like, you got to break <laughs> it down into football 101. Like, like it's like a dummy watching it for the first time. So I was like, oh, 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 oh okay. Like, I can't talk about split blizzard and match swapping. Goes, what is that? <laughs> so, yeah, I had I had to learn. I'll tell you that. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I've listened to some of your games, and uh, it feels like you are as much an, in love with the sport of football as you always were. 
do you, do you is that your favorite sport? I know it was the sport you excelled at, but what is it about football that separates it in your mind? Oh, it's the adrenaline rush. It is by far my favorite sport. I enjoy it now just as much as I did when I was playing. You know, it's a it's a, a tough sport that is not instant gratification. You have to work. You have to de- de- develop a lot of qualities while there. If that's leadership, patience, self evaluation, you know, learning to work together as a team. Football is not one person can get do this and go out there and succeed. Now it takes eleven hats at, at the same time. Being able to be that leader of a team, being that leader in the locker room, when a lot of times we're not playing, we're not playing too many games. You're practicing more than you're playing. So you think about those situations. It's just like we don't even get that many opportunities to actually play this game. So those games mean that much more. And I think that's just what made me gravitate towards because you have to work so hard for those moments. And I just embrace, embrace the grind. Well, and even now, um, you know, with, with, with your celebrity, what, what has, what has happened? I don't think this celebrity is just about the injury. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I think it's you. I think that you, people gravitate towards you. And that's always been something, like I said, I, I've always wanted to have you on this podcast because I've I've been so impressed with your social media and the way you express yourself. It seems like, you know, everybody and whether that's reality or just this facade that you put on, you put on a very, very positive face. I have to imagine that going to the Rutgers games is a extraordinary thrill. Is it extra difficult? Is it extra challenging for, for that stadium? I, how handicap accepts accessible is that stadium? And is it worth every ounce? Because when that, when you feel the electricity in the building, does that still go through you like it did? No, I said, I'm glad you actually brought that up because I love to say that people say that all the time. Like, you're so positive. You're so upbeat. Like, is, is that like a facade? Is that what you see is what you get with me. I will never put out a front for anybody. I all am right. who I am. I wake up happy, go lucky, and I'm ready to go throughout the day because I just been now and just seen so many situations now when it comes to spinal cord injuries of the unfortunate side of it. And if things that happen that are unfortunate, you know, people just don't have the opportunity that I have. That puts a lot of things into perspective for me on a daily basis where it's just like, Eric, bro, it could be a lot worse than what you got. So be thankful every day when you wake up and go embrace every all the love and, and the care that's coming your way because not everyone has it. And then as far as going to Rutgers football games, every time I park, they, it is very accessible for me. I park. Right next to the stadium, I roll right into the where the elevator is. Go upstairs. You had to give up a lot to get those kind of parking, though. Oh yeah, they gave me the nice premium parking on the handicap spots in the front. (laughs) I have a cone dog for me. I have a security team that helps get me through the stadium to the elevator. They they take care of me at Rutgers, and like you said, the just that thrill before when kickoff is going, the light shows playing before the team is run out the tunnel. Man, the goosebumps still still come to me, and it's just. It's just being that football player, that brotherhood, man, those moments. More of our incredible conversation with former Rutgers football player Eric Legrand, now a broadcaster and an entrepreneur. It is also the week before Super Bowl week. We have the matchup, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. For the early odds on that game and everything that goes along with the Super Bowl, let's bring in the head odds maker at Bovada, Patrick Morrow. The key to the whole game 
it right now from an uh, from an odds making standpoint is the health of Patrick Mahomes. So, what are you looking at, and what is it based on? And Seth, uh, right out of the gate with the line for the Super Bowl, I just want to put it out there that the Chiefs did, for a brief moment, open as one-point favorites in this game. But within an hour or two of us releasing that line, that has now moved to the Eagles being one-and-a-half-point favorites now at Bavada. So we've seen a lot of sharp money there. I think what that's suggesting is that there is a lot of concerns, not just about Mahomes' health, but the health of his uh, skill players. Uh, McCole Hardman left that game with injury. Kadarius Tony had injured himself and i believe juju smith schuster so that's that's three wide receivers for the chiefs with their status uh you know they, they might play in the super bowl but like patrick mahomes at what level will they be playing so i would say the eagles are the more comfy bet for a lot of players and that's what we're certainly seeing early days with these lines uh the chiefs are going to be the high variance play and that, that's that's the perfect way to describe a team like the chiefs and patrick mahomes and what he's able to do each week when he's out there these chiefs are high variance in how they do their stuff i think that could be very fun to bet on uh, but th this is a really rare example here where you can actually get the chief set as plus 105 underdogs in any game and i think that's going to be really really attractive to a large group of our players come super bowl sunday all right so take mahomes out of the equation the philadelphia eagles come in just been dominant I mean, they have literally been uh, steamrolling through the playoffs. Uh, how has that impacted betting? Listen, if, if this game was taking place a month ago uh, and, and Mahomes was healthy, but even uh, nevertheless, I, I think we would see the Chiefs as more comfy uh, two to three point favorites in this game on a neutral site. I think what the Eagles have done during their playoffs run, not really being tested by any of the teams uh, that they've gone up against. Uh, the Giants were easy. The NFC Championship game, uh, you know, they did luck box into having to go into it against a team that uh, couldn't actually throw a forward pass in the second half of the game. So I would say with the Eagles, you have a team that as, they're as good as they've ever looked. Uh, they're as healthy as they've ever looked. But have they really been challenged yet? Or are they so good that uh, nobody could really challenge them? You know, they get a lot of grief because of, you know, the 49ers didn't have a, a QB in the second half of that game. But the 49ers went into that game with one of the best rundies in the NFL, and the Eagles still ran all over them. So this Chiefs defense is not really considered one of the best ones against the run or against the pass. So you have to assume that this breaks really well for the Eagles in this one. And what you're going to see, and what we have seen so far, is that not only do we have more money on the Eagles, but we have more sharp money on the Eagle. And I really want to emphasize that because every single Super Bowl, it's going to be our biggest football event of the year. We know that, but it's usually the event that has the most recreational or public money on it. And it can be the kind of game where the public goes one way, the sharps go the other way, and we can laugh it up because uh, we know who we like. I, I think what we're really going to see here as we get closer and closer to kickoff is that the public is going to be on the Chiefs. I think we're going to continue to see sharp, sharp, sharp money on the Eagles at Bavada leading right up to kickoff. All right, let's have some fun. Uh, there's two kinds of prop bets for the Super Bowl that we like to focus on. Let's start with the on the field. You know, things like first touchdown. What are some of the highlights that are early on the site? So, Seth, we've looked at and, and talked a lot about uh, the Eagles so far. Um, you know, it, it's been a lot easier to put their player props up there first. You know, Jalen Hurts, passing yards, that's the stuff that's getting a lot of attraction so far. Uh, and speaking of Jalen Hurts, he's actually right up there alongside Miles Sanders as the co-favorites for the first touchdown of the game at Bavada right now. They're both currently trading at 6-1. to one. 
Travis Kelsey being uh, maybe the lone uh, passing threat for the Chiefs that we know is healthy right now. He's out there seven to one. So stuff like that is always going to be really, really popular. You can also bet all these players as any time touchdowns. So just if they scored any point in the game, not necessarily the first. What you're seeing this early uh, with the players that we know are going to be out there. Uh, listen, here's a great one that players love uh, so far. Miles Sanders and Travis Kelsey to both score TD in the game and get that at three to one. That's a pretty got a few thousand dollars bet on that. The Super Bowl MVP right now has the most money on it compared to anything else on the board. No real surprise that your co-favorites are Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I will say for some player a little bit down the list, it's getting a lot of love so far. He had a great AFC Championship game. Chris Jones, one of the best defensive players for the Chiefs, is out there at 45 to 1 at Bavada. And for non-skill players, he's getting the most bet on him so far. All right, and before we wrap this up, let's do some some fun things. The the anthem, the halftime show. What are some of the prop bets that have nothing to do with the football game? Because I would imagine a huge chunk of the betting public likes to bet on those things because there's so much. We look at uh, the anthem and we've already seen uh, some pretty good line movement there. You know, we often talk about line movement on the point spread or the over-under, but we have seen a, a time uh, movement here. This opened at two minutes on the nose for how long will it take uh, Chris uh, Stapleton, I believe is his name, to sing the national anthem. And it's now moved up to two minutes and two seconds, Seth, uh, so with minus 150 paying out on the over. So we're seeing a lot of early money there so far. Um, when it comes to halftime stuff, we have the usual, what will be the color of Rihanna's first outfit? What will be the first song that she sings? Uh, I don't know if we have the cleavage prop this year, uh, um, but uh, you know, I would imagine that would be an odds-on favorite for someone like Rihanna. We have roughly 250 different ways to bet the Super Bowl at Bavada Seth. I would say by the time you and I are talking about this again next week, we'll be far over 500. We'll be closer to a thousand. And I would also say to players as well, uh, if you have any idea for prop bets, you know, reach out to the Pat Morrow on Twitter with your suggestions and we will look at some of the best ones. And if we can put a number to it, we will absolutely add it out there because we are always, always, always trying to outdo ourselves when it comes to the Super Bowl and the way you can bet on the Super Bowl at Bavada. That's a great idea, Patrick. And uh, one thing I'll do is I'll retweet that uh, at my Twitter, at Seth underscore Everett. If you follow me or Patrick, uh, you can suggest any props for Bavada. Now back to our conversation with the inspiring Eric Legrand. We're talking more football. I'll tell him some Denver Broncos stories as well, right here on Sports with Friends. I remember the, uh, the last time... I was at a Rutgers game, you know, because ever since Rutgers uh, abandoned ship and went to the Big Ten, um, my Syracuse Orange don't see them anymore. Um, but I remember um, Washington did. There was an interconference game with Washington, and uh, my buddy does the pre and post game for Washington Huskies uh, for my days in Seattle, and uh, he asked me to do stats for the the broadcast. So I went in. And they acknowledged you. You were at a different section of the of the stadium, and I didn't see you face to face. But I, I mean, the I couldn't imagine the ovation. Like what that has to be like. And I'll be honest, you must get that every single stinking game. Like that is incredible. Yeah, well, we definitely developed a tradition at Rutgers. I remember that Washington game. That was the year after they came off of going to the Final Four. It was know, a night game, knew, right? It was yeah, a night, yep, game. The night game. Yeah. It was your first game of the season right after they had just been into the college football playoffs. So it was a huge game for us. And yeah, there's a tradition we do at Rutgers now, don't stop believing. 
at the end of the third quarter of every game, they put me on the jumbotron and the fans go crazy. And I'm not gonna lie to you, it's still a little bit weird to me because it's it? like when I when I roll into rooms and go places and people start standing up and clapping, I'm like, oh geez. Like I like, you know, like, oh come on. Like I don't need that when I come in. Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you. But you know, acknowledging me on the jumbotron, I do appreciate that here and there, but it doesn't have to be all the time, but it became kind of like a tradition. Um, the coffee house. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Like I said, there's been 76 different ways I've tried to uh, reach out to you, and and try to get you on the podcast. But the the coffee house uh, led to an amazing uh, partnership uh, with the New Jersey Devils. And if, in your words, could you tell that story about uh, the Devils have this buy black program, and uh, no one forced them to do it. No one is asked them to do it. This is something the organization chose to do. And we didn't know, you know, from a media standpoint, I didn't know what come, you know, what businesses they were going to, 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 to get connected to. And then all of a sudden it was your coffee house. Tell that story from your perspective, uh, what it was like, how you heard about it. And then what was it like when you found out your logo was going to be on their helmets? You know, I was, uh, my good friend, Nicole Gregus was actually at a game with her now fiance last season and saw the advertisement throughout the Prudential Center about this Buy Black program. And she th- takes a picture, sends it over to me, says, Eric, when this comes out next year, you have to apply. So I went on the, I went on the website and I saw yeah. that obviously that somebody had one this year, but you know, when it comes out, you know, this summer I'll apply. I got an email about it. And I remember my friend Nicole, she texted me right away. Like, did you get the email? I'm like, yeah, I saw it. I filled it out. You know, didn't think anything right. of it. You know, you fill it out, you submit the form, and you know, we, you'll see what happens. Uh, a few weeks later, I get a email that I made the final four, and that they were interviewing me, and I jumped on an interview with their team, and they grilled me with questions about the business and things like that. And I just, I guess, being authentic who I am, just presented myself as who I am and what we're trying to do with the business. And then they told me that they were going to come by the shop. This is what they got me. They told me they're gonna come by the shop, and I'm like, "All right, everything's gotta be in order." Like, yeah, I'm like I'm nervous. I'm like, "Imagine, make sure everything's clean." Like, want to see how the operations are running. I, right, I got right. there a little bit late, so I pull in. And there's like 20 of them in the parking lot. I'm like, now my heart is pounding. I'm like, I'm like, they're coming with a full team. Like, this is, this is about to be wild. Next thing you know, I pull in, go inside, check everything. Now I'm talking to one of the customers at the, at the, in, the, at the in the store. And they come around the corner with the president, Jake Reynolds. and Oh, great guy. Another veteran of this podcast. And they just tell me, congratulations, you won. And I'm not a man. I don't like surprises. But and they surprised the hell out of me, man. They got, <laughs> they got me. And, man, what a partnership it has been since that day. Just every time I get to see that logo, it's like it's on ESPN every night because the devils are rocking. So yeah, yeah. I love it. It's so cool. It's it's wild. It it was it was definitely something they 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 announced it and uh, uh, Pete over at the Devil said you know he would be great on Sports with Friends and I said really uh, yes how let, let let's do it and 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 it was it was fantastic but um when 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 they are you know the, for them to go on this hot streak you know they they've been playing so extraordinary and you're right the profile raises when that happens you know it was a big deal in Newark. But now it's a big deal nationally. It, it, people are seeing that and they're finding out that it's connected to you. And I think that's that's neat because 
what I think the good in humanity is, I think when people find out your story, they want to know more. Like, they, they, you know, they, they don't run away and hide. They, that people have this genuine, benevolent curiosity. And I think that what's happened is your story combined with that logo, combined with the success of that team, has got to be like the perfect timing. Yeah, it really is. The way they got a young group of guys over there that are just fast and ruthless on that ice. And, you know, when my logo, they told me it's going to be on there for all their road games. I'm like, you know, that's awesome. They're going to be on the road for, you know, 41 games or so. And people get to see the logo. But now you look at their record, I think they only have like three or four losses on the road. They're pretty good. And they're like, it's every time, like I said, now you see it it has risen the bar where they're on sports and every time they play on the road and they're, Mm -hmm finding ways to win these overtime games. And I might just say I'm attributing it a little bit to me with it. You got to believe, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of Sports with Friends is presented by Factor Meals. Every year around New Year's, there's new goals, New Year's resolutions. Come on, everybody wants to eat healthier. And what happens is you get busy. And there's a reason why they call it fast food. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit is called Factor. When I have free time, I love to cook. But on days when I have to put sports with friends together, I am too busy to cook. With Factor, you can skip the trip to the grocery store, skip the chopping, the prepping, even the cleaning up. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter your lifestyle, Factor has delicious, flavor-packed meals to help you live to the fullest. They have keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, protein-plus options on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. You want to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. I've tried this stuff. It is great. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com friends50 and use the code friends50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code FRIENDS50 at factormeals.com slash FRIENDS50. That's factormeals.com slash FRIENDS50. And you'll get 50% off your first box. Factor Meals. Oh, I'm hungry already. Have you met some of their players? I, I mean, I know you be- talked to the Rutgers players, but have you met any of the of the Devils players? I'll be actually going up there next week and I'll be talking to the entire team and I've seen them in passing before, but never actually got to sit down and, you know, share my story and talk with them. So I'm looking very much forward to that and being able to actually get to meet all the guys. We had, uh, Miles would come out to the coffee shop one day as a guest barista. My God, the people, the amount of people that came that day. Yeah, I'm sure. It was, we definitely were over capacity. And of course the mayor comes in. I'm like, But uh, it was insane in there, just absolutely mod. But that just goes to show you the following that they have. Well, I would imagine the mayor of Woodbridge loves the publicity. <laughs> That's what I said. 
I'm like, yeah, we might be over capacity, but just look at all these people. We'll Don't worry about it. <laughs> for two hours, we're good. It's a, it's a good, it's a good PR for the for for the city. Um, exactly, <laughs> that's pretty wild. Um, you said I could ask you anything, and I I'm thinking about this, and I'm watching this. How do you do social media? Does somebody help mm-hmm. you with that? How does that work? Well, you see my cell phone that's propped up right here with this. Uh, I call it my little hand that connects to my wheelchair. Well, right on the other side, the Rutgers engineers of uh, biomedical engineers created a little holder that I put my stylus pen in. A stylus. And so I, and so I literally tap on my phone That's and awesome. control everything like you would with your fingers. Yeah. With the stylus pen. So when I when I answer right back in emails and text messages, people are like, how do you, you answer text so fast? I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm like, literally, it's right in my face when I see you. <laughs> So I answer right back when I when I'm on my phone, like when I'm out and about, I, I usually don't have this hooked up. But when I'm home, yeah, and I'm I'm very very uh aware with my social media, my emails, and I love to answer people back and interact with some of my followers. That's uh that, that's wild, and it's and it's wild that you can do so with relative ease. You know what I'm saying? When I say relative ease, it's it's still a challenge, but it's a challenge that you're simply have under control. Yeah, technology is great. It just allows me that independency to be able to do something like this, which, you know, I'm so, so thankful for because, you know, who knows? If I, I would imagine have, technology like, has, since your injury, I would imagine technology has like quadrupled. Yeah, I call my I call my chair the Lamborghinis of chairs and Ferrari of yeah. chairs, you know, get around and just being able to get around my house with, with the infrared system and elevators, opening up doors myself, getting in them, going down to the floors. It's just insane to see. It's just, it's just it helps. Even my caretaker, my mom. Yeah, like, your, your mom is amazing. Your mom is amazing. She, she really is. She really is. And it's to have her. Like, mom, can you come open the door for me? Can you hit this button? Can you do this? Can no? I do it myself. It's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. And just for the for the audience, uh, for the listeners. <laughs> Sorry, my allergies bothering me. Uh, you're okay. Oh, you're good. Just for the for the sake of the audience, I saw you do this, so I know the answer to this question. But uh, how do you move the chair? How without you don't have your hands, so your hands can't. There's no joystick or anything like that. So I just want people listening to this podcast who have never seen you in action. Um, how how does how does your chair move? So to the right is my cell phone stuff, and to the left is this little joystick thing that connects to the back of my chair, but the wires all the way down throughout the chair into the motor and i literally took like i said like an xbox controller ps5 controller left right up down and they have different modes on my chair where i have a seating mode where i can raise myself up sit back kick my feet up i have a drive mode where i need to just drive go left and right i have a way i have lights i can turn on my chair i have a way to open up the infrared system to open up my elevator so like i said oh my god this is the ferrari of wheelchairs so (laughs) Crazy. This, this little joystick right here is this is the this is how I go this is how I make it happen that's amazing it's uh, amazing yeah it's an audio podcast so that's perfect the way you described it um and I hope people can 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 visualize uh what what what's gone on um tell me about the the whiskey project and how that started about and what's the timeline for that well the timeline will be in a few weeks to be honest with you which I'm, I'm happy about and just a little raffle on my Instagram open my first signed bottle that I signed myself and that has blown up. So that'll be pretty cool. But it all started about a year and a half ago. I approached my business partner now, who's a good friend of mine, Brian Oxerod. 
And I said, you know, I want to end the stigma or just the thoughts of making them more aware that people with disabilities, spinal cord injuries, especially, that we can't enjoy the finer things in life. Believe me, I've been out and about and I've enjoyed plenty of drinks around the world. Like I live my life to a fullest, but a lot of people don't understand that. I always get questions like, are you allowed to drink alcohol, this and that? And then I'm like, we came up with the idea for a, a bourbon because it fits me, who I am, like Haitian, tough, gritty, you know, something that you celebrate victories towards. So all this is going on in my in my head and I'm, my, my business partner was like, let me sleep on this and I'll get back to you tomorrow. Calls me back the next day, like, let's do it. Like, this is something that's unique. He's been in, a, in the spirits business for 25 years. Worked with the highest of high with Jay-Z and Conor McGregor. So he was just like, this is this is just so much different than anything I've worked on, and let's make this happen. And then he's been the backbone behind the whole, the behind the scenes, getting everything set up. And I've been enjoying, you know, just promoting it, tasting it, and yeah. getting ready to roll it out there to the world. The uh, it's so funny you mentioned uh, uh Brian. Um, I mean, full disclosure, uh, I've known oh, Brian, yeah, your best friend, no, for what we're doing. Well, I, yeah, I, we, Brian and I met each other, I think, when we were six. I think we were in the, we were in the first grade class together. Um, uh, my his mom, uh, is a is a runs a nail salon, and he, uh, my mother got her nails done, um. At, at Leah Axelrod's house every Wednesday, I think for 40 years. For <laughs> 40 years. I, I mean, I, it's, I, I, don't, I, I think since we were like eight, 10 years old, um, Brian lived in, in my neighborhood. We used to ride our bikes to his house and um, play video games and all these things. And so I know Brian from that era, you know, from being a, a kid, to hear him be this accomplished entrepreneur himself. And then the idea that he's partnered with you is fascinating. How, how did you meet him? I met him back in 2012 when he just approached me because he heard about my story. He was working with this company, Prove People Wrong. Back then it was a apparel company, t-shirts and stuff. I said, I wanted to do something to help you. So created a t-shirt and a hoodie and a hat and just said, we'll raise a bunch of money and donate it to the charity. Little did I know that that would turn into a friendship. He came by my house and we connected. Oh, that's great. He supported all my events at for the years and years upon years. And we've always stayed in touch. He's used to get me into the all the concerts with Jay-Z and stuff like that. <laughs> he just he was that's my great. friend, man. That was my he was my really good buddy. And then when I bought this idea to him a year and a half ago, yeah. You know, about probably about geez, nine nine years into our friendship. He was just like, Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh we have we have talked Rutgers. We have talked uh, devil's hockey. We haven't talked NFL football yet. How? So you said your dream uh, was to go to the NFL. I thought what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did was really nice. We can talk about that if you like. Um, you know, giving you an honorary jersey and and, and things like that. Um, but uh, tell me how big a Sunday football fan you are, and what 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 do you do? Do you watch Red Zone all day? Do you watch a specific team? How, how does that work for you? Well, Seth, as you know, I am a diehard Denver Broncos fan, and football Sunday is like religion. Yeah. I get so angry when I have events scheduled on like, oh, I'll schedule like in March. Like, oh yeah, events in October, October 3rd, and on Sunday in March, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then when the day comes, I'm like, uh, why did I do this? Like, 
Like I, I, my Sundays on in the fall are spent in front of that TV watching the Red Zone all day. Obviously, I can't watch Denver on the local TV, so I only went on the national. Yeah, but I got them on my phone, bought yeah. up the GameCast app, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's the football Sunday is. Uh, everyone knows, like my family, my friends, like I park myself in front of that TV and I'm there from, to uh, from one p.m. Eastern time, Eastern yeah. time, all the way till. That Sunday night football game is through when my nurse yep. gets here around eleven o'clock. So that's my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 your that's your drug. And uh, you know, when we're recording this podcast, uh, and when if you're listening to this podcast uh, while it's you know the week it's released, uh, we are anticipating the Super Bowl between the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this in the future, uh, well, do me a favor, tell me how the flying car is and. Uh, <laughs> say uh, you know who knows when people listen to podcasts um so you mentioned the broncos what how did you become a broncos fan well, back in the late 90s they were on tv a lot obviously with john elway sure and my main man terrell davis i remember i was, seven, that was your guy old, huh seven eight years old watching them on tv i like the uniforms and i'm like oh I, I play running back i like him look how he runs the ball terrell davis i want to mimic my game after him i want to wear number 30 and that's going to be my favorite team. Well, here I am 20-plus years later, diehard Broncos fans still, and got to meet TD back in, like, 2013 and whatnot. And, that's man, awesome. it's, been, it's, been so, it's been so fun. Following them through the ups and the downs and the good times and the bad times on Broncos through and through all the way here in New Jersey. So, uh, so uh, Terrell Davis has been uh, uh, episode two thirteen of the podcast. He uh, he came on Sports with Friends uh, back uh, in episode two thirteen, uh, right around the time that Chris Carlin came on. Um, so my uh, story with the Denver Broncos, uh, it was my first job out of college. So I'm the same age as Brian Axelrod, uh-huh. uh, since we went to elementary school together. Um, but I uh, graduated in 1996, and then in the summer of 1996, I moved to Denver, Colorado, uh, to uh, produce a morning show. And I noticed that they didn't have a beat reporter. They didn't have they they had like five guys that split the time covering the Broncos. And I said to them, I said, well, if you had one guy dedicated to being there every day, you know, just imagine the insight that you would get. And so they let me do it, and then. I was 22, 23 years old. I was scared out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these guys were huge and I, you know, I was a little kid and I was 23 years old and, you know, in the beginning, all the interviews I would do were um, scrums. You know what a scrum a scrum is. I would just stick my microphone where guys were already talking. So I didn't have to say anything. And then I found out, you remember uh, Alfred Williams, mm-hmm. Alfred Williams. I overheard him one day in the locker room saying, uh, that he was into Madden, Madden football. And I played Madden football. And so that was like my in. And I went up to him and I said, excuse me. I said, uh, do you play, are you talking about Madden football? And they're like, yeah, you play Madden football? And lo and behold, we started playing against each other. And a bunch of guys did it. And uh, the next season, so that was the, the first season. That was the year, if you remember, I'll see, you know, you're a big fan, so you remember. That was the year they went 13-3 and three and lost at home to Jacksonville. Yep. That was my and first I, year. Yeah, that was my first year covering felt that. LA was going to get a Super Bowl because of that. Well, my dumb story about that was uh, I had a tip 
one of the guys in the locker room tipped me that the uh, team was going to change their uniform. And so I bought a disposable camera. I've told the story on the podcast before. Uh, I bought a disposable camera because, you know, for the playoff game, I could take pictures and that would be the last pictures of them in the uniform. And I left the camera on my kitchen table. And I remember getting on the highway, going to Mile High Stadium saying, Oh, they'll beat Jacksonville. No problem. I'll I'll take the pictures next week. And they lost to Jacksonville. And they lost and you didn't get the and you didn't get yep. the photos of the last game. But I'll tell you my uh, my my greatest uh, my greatest story um involved John Elway and uh it was the next year. And this was my second year covering the team. And uh the how do I phrase this? Uh, one of the main reporters was assigned to cover a trial in downtown Denver. He was it was the Oklahoma City bombing trial, actually. And he asked me to fill in for him because the Broncos were going to play the Raiders on Monday night football. And Westwood one does the Monday night football games. You know, they do the Super Bowl and they do all, all this stuff. And what you had to do was you had to do this was cassette tapes. And you had to have two cassette tapes, one for your radio station and the other for Westwood One. And during each interview, switch the tape halfway through so they would get some and and and, and your station would get some. And it, it was a October day and I was wearing a windbreaker and the Westwood One cassette fell out of my windbreaker. And I didn't know. Oh. And so I'm walking around practice thinking that nothing's gone wrong. I, I I don't even know. The only person that saw that tape fall out of my jacket was John Elway. What? And an hour goes by, and you know the um, you know the pouches that the quarterback has on his jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for that, he for put that, my right? cassette. He put my. I again, I didn't know this, but he put my cassette in the pouch. You got to understand, he was 37 that year. Yeah. I'm 23, so we have nothing in common. And I remember they he came out to the podium to do his Wednesday press conference. Mm -hmm. And like an angel out of heaven, he pulls out this cassette and hands it to me and says, here, kid, you dropped this. And, and I went, what? <laughs> he saved my life. Like, could you imagine if I had to tell, tell the the Westwood one that I lost their tape? I I I would have been. I didn't even know it was lost. You would have and been there no more. I'll just say that. I called my friends. I called all my friends that day. I was driving home from Broncos camp, going to my apartment. And I said, I don't care what happens. I am a Bronco fan for life. This, <laughs> this guy saved me. This guy saved me. And if you remember your history. That year, the Denver Broncos beat the Green Bay Packers in Super Bowl thirty-two. Come on, my man! You know I remember that. That's karma. The wet, the windmill tackle for the first down. Oh, down that the is karma. Oh yeah, the good old uh, BTD. I think might have had eighteen concussions that game, but you know we figured it out. <laughs> well, you know that's <laughs> another story. See, I, I I told you I had Bronco stories. So <laughs> so the at the Super Bowl, what the media pass that we had. It allowed us to go behind the sideline. So me and this guy, my this guy, Jeff, uh, I said to him, I said, because where they put the radio guys, you could barely see the game. 
So I said, let's go down and, and, and walk the sidelines. And it was in the second half. And I heard Terrell Davis. And I, I talk about it on the podcast with him in, in episode 213. I, I heard Terrell Davis say that his migraine was making it so that he couldn't see. And Mike Shanahan, who is one of my favorite people on earth, says to Terrell Davis, you're a decoy. You don't have to see. And so <laughs> I looked at my nowadays. friend Jeff and I went, are, are they doing what I think they're doing? <laughs> so when they went out for that play, it's a fake handoff to Davis and Elway goes into the end zone. Terrell Davis couldn't see. And I will never forget that as long as I live, as long I as I live. It's crazy when you hear about that. Like you're like, wow, how awesome is that? And then you think about, you know what? Imagine that nowadays. Oh my God, people would be going nuts, which I understand because obviously everything that we've learned with CTE. But wow, what? That's a great so, story. And then that summer, I got a chance to move to Seattle. I started doing work with the Mariners, but I also worked with the Seahawks. And the Broncos beat the Falcons and went to another Super Bowl. And I always regretted, like, you know, if I had stayed, I could have gone to another Super Bowl, but was not meant to be. At least, at least you got one. You got one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so if you watch all, all, all the football, what did you think of the uh, roughing the passer play at the end of the Chiefs uh, Bengals game? Uh, it's, it's unfortunately something that has to be called. You know, you know, it's, I know as a D lineman, when you get a chance to hit the quarterback, you believe me, after chasing them all game long, it's hard to pull up. But at that moment, you got to know he's two feet out of bounds and he still has a, a far enough way to get a field goal range. It's not like they were, they were already in field goal range. You got to, you got to pull up. But I, emotions got to me. You got to, you feel for, I'll say like that. But, um, Damn, just like 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 damn, because obviously, I'm a big Andy Reid fan because of how he supported me after my injury. He came to visit me at the hospital a few times. Oh, really? He text me, text me before the games plays. This oh, year wow. when they drafted Isaiah Pacheco uh -huh. out of Rutgers, I was like, I texted him right away. I was like, damn, good pay, coach. And he was just like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, he goes, we got a good one. Oh, that's but awesome. As a Denver Broncos fan, watching us get destroyed by Andy Reid all these years, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. damn. <laughs> yeah, like you love him and you hate him. Obviously, he's a great guy off the field. That's my man. But on the field, they they just destroyed. They broke my heart so many years. <laughs> well, it's funny the um the 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 Patrick Mahomes, his uh, father was a baseball player. Yep. And uh, you know, a bunch of the guys that I know from my days covering baseball, uh, Patrick Mahomes is just like the salt of the earth. He just just seems like a real good guy and an easy guy to root for. Yeah, I know that's the hardest thing. Like, like yes, they're the Kansas City Chiefs, so you want to hate them, right? But damn, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is so damn good, and and Andy Reid him together. It's like it was like you just pray every time you play them. I thought the weirdest thing was the uh, the Empire State Building in New York City put in the Eagles what colors. What the hell was that? I'm, I'm I I don't like the Giants. I don't like the Jets. Right. I don't like the Eagles. I was pissed. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> How do you do that? Like, that's, what that's, are you doing? That seems like a really out of taste. <laughs> I, I I saw him like this can't be real. I made that thinking. It was real, and they were backing it up. I'm just like, <laughs> and then they put the Chiefs colors after. I'm like, you know what? Done, just done. Yeah. Um, real quick, um, how how has Rutgers benefited from being in the Big Ten? 
Well, obviously the Big Ten, you know, the exposure is just amazing. But hey, you know, you gotta you gotta come to work every day, especially when obviously you have the big dogs as Ohio State, Michigan. But has has it helped? Has it ha- ha- do you think it has raised their profile in recruiting, but it also in the fan base? Do you think I do? Yeah, obviously football is it has you know has to still catch up, but you look at Rutgers athletics in general. Tell you what. We made we made a footprint for sure in basketball, men's basketball, women and men's lacrosse, women's soccer, field hockey. You know those teams are dominating. Like they're not only competing but dominating now, winning championships in the Big Ten. Football, we're working day by day. Obviously, it's a little bit harder with football and how many players and obviously the powerhouse and how much money's behind football and all these other universities. But they're getting, and you can just see the just a profile of the players now. Tell you what, Seth, I thought I was a pretty big dude. <laughs> These dudes walking around that locker room now are just insane. Yeah. Massive. We mentioned we mentioned the whiskey company. We mentioned the coffee house. We, we mentioned the, the partnership with the Devils. You mentioned a foundation. Tell our listeners about that. Yeah, so I partnered with the Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation back in 2013 because so many people were reaching out wanting to help me and support me. So I created my own fundraising branch off of them called Team LeGrandin. Since our inception in the fall of 2013, we've raised over $2 million to spinal cord injury research and continue to try to live Christopher Reeves' dream, and that's a world of empty wheelchairs. And raising as much awareness as we can, we have a charitable factor tied in with the whiskey as well with money going back to the Christopher Dana Reed Foundation. And our goal is today's care, tomorrow's cure. We're aiming for the cure, of course, but we got to take care of the people and educate the people that are injured, unfortunately, with this injury every single day. So... I'm proud to be a part of it, and I want to keep on raising as much awareness and funds as I can. Have they made a lot of advances in spinal cord injuries? Oh, yeah, it's huge nowadays. You know, the stuff that's starting to almost get, you know, approved here in the United States for some of these testings and the studies with epidural stimulation and obviously the stem cells. But just to see from when I was injured compared to now, it's just like night and day on what's going on and getting results back from tests that were done five, 10 years ago. It just gives me hope that one day that I'm going to be able to go back to MetLife Stadium and finish that last play. What, uh, what, what progress have you made physically? I mean, uh, since my injury, geez. I was on a ventilator and didn't think I'd have full range of motion back in my neck, but things have come back to me slowly but surely. But now I tell people I just keep my body healthy and keep it strong and ready for when that cure does come. Just stay in shape until that day happens. Are you like a health food nut because of all that? Do they, because you have all these nurses? I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I eat two times a day, but man, do I love my junk food. I tell you, I got a five-year-old palate. And I I, I, I eat my my veggies, you know, like two times a week. But man, do I love my burgers, fries, pizza. Oh, man, some chicken. God, jeez. Well, you know, we talked, we usually wrap up the podcast with a, a discussion about social media. You, you use it uh, beautifully. Um, and now I've seen how you do it with your, with your special stylus and everything. And it's pretty remarkable. Um, how uh, can people find you online? And if they want to know more about you, what's the best way to go about it? Go to my website, ericlegrand52.com, ericlegrand52.com, or my, my social medias are at ericlegrand52 as well then. Just follow along the journey. And I said in the beginning, what you see is what you get with me. <laughs> well, it's been uh, it's been absolutely a pleasure getting to know you, man. Um, 
I uh, was a, an admirer from a distance, uh, but now, you know, getting the chance to talk to you, I really see that you really are everything as advertised. Uh, you, you're, you're the, the genuine article and uh, that, that that's the best thing that I can hope for, uh, you know, for a man in your position, because, you know, so many people I'm sure that have had spinal cord injuries go down dark paths and you've heard i've heard so many stories and it's it's truly remarkable uh what you've been able to do but you don't you don't you never sound phony you never sound like you're you're selling me something you don't have a used car salesman in you like that's not who you are and it just it comes off so authentic and i'm not kissing your ass you've already been on the podcast but it's just it just it just seems so genuine and that's how I've always been my entire life. I, you know, I, I I express how I feel, my thoughts, and I was raised, you know, by my mom who taught me to have values in life. And this is what I live by from my standpoint. I love to have a good time and joke around as well. So you get to see a mixture of both of that. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, first of all, you have an open invite. Uh, come back on the podcast. Maybe what we'll do, we'll record one at uh, Rutgers Stadium or something. Uh, uh, maybe ne- next football season or something. Uh, I'd love to continue to keep in touch and uh, good luck with all the businesses. And uh, every time I watch my beloved New Jersey Devils, man, I'll be seeing your the coffee house. I'll be like, he came on Sports with Friends. I saw it. <laughs> I appreciate you, Seth. It really means a lot. I appreciate you sharing my story. That is Eric Legrand. Don't forget next week, James Lofton here on Sports with Friends. If you're in New Jersey, check out Legrand Coffee House. When it comes out, get Legrand Whiskey. And make sure you follow this guy on social media. He is a great listen, and I loved having him on the podcast. James Lofton, next week as we preview the Super Bowl. We'll see you then. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today. Available for you to see I'm about to go And then you'll know For me to stay I got to be me You'll never be in doubt That's what it's all about You can't take me for granted And smile Come on, please I'm gone Forget reaching my phone Because I promise I'll be You have been the kind of person that you really are now. You got to get in straight. How could I ever be late when you're my woman taking up my time?